Farrar. This is Capital and Scott. The first day of school in Arkansas is less than three weeks away. That August 22nd start date comes exactly 14 weeks after the horrific school shooting in Uvalde, Texas that left nearly two dozen dead at the end of May. It was one of the deadliest school shootings in U.S. history. In the wake of the Uvalde tragedy, the Arkansas School Safety Commission met with students, parents, and teachers over the summer to listen to concerns about gun violence on campuses. That committee released its interim report Tuesday during a press conference at the state capitol with Governor Asa Hutchinson. Arkansas Democrat Gazette Capitol reporter Stephen Simpson has been following that safety commission. He joins me to discuss what the major findings are and what new safety measures parents and students can expect by the time school starts later this month. Before we get started with Stephen, we'll start with a clip from yesterday's press conference. Just like in the original 2018 uh, commission, final commission report, we stress the importance of implementing comprehensive strategies, that we make the very, very strong argument that there's not one single thing that a school can do that's going to make that school safe, that it has to be a combination of a variety of things and actually a variety of things that represent all of our uh, five uh, subcommittees. But there's also the importance of, of layering. You know, we can look at Uvalde and we can say, okay, the, there was a problem with the exterior door locking. Well, in theory, if the interior doors had been okay, that would have been another barrier that had to have been gone around. Or if there had been an SRO that had been there, the fact that the door wasn't locked might not have been an issue at all. So being able to have this layering is critically important. But I think the other lesson that Uvalde does teach us, uh, and the governor uh, very astutely mentions this, uh, is the fact that there has to be accountability. Accountability is critically important uh, in all of this, not only at the state level, the district level, uh, the school level, uh, but also at the staff level. So that was Dr. Cheryl May, who is the chairperson of the Arkansas School Safety Commission. And of course, she was referencing the shooting in Uvalde at the end of May, where there were 19 students and two teachers who were fatally shot at Robb Elementary School. Stephen, you've been covering this committee that started meeting shortly after that really horrific school shooting. Can you talk a little bit about the 24 members who are on the committee and also just who, who is Dr. Cheryl May? Okay, well, Dr. Cheryl May is the head of the Criminal Justice Institute, and she was actually the chair of the 2018 committee of the Arkansas School Safety Commission, which was created after the Parkland shooting. So she's had a lot of experience, one, on the law enforcement side. She's sort of the person who gives out ideas and training to law enforcement and teachers as well for pretty much school safety reasons and things like that. And I would say with this new commission, the 24-member commission, is that this one is kind of a pretty diverse group. There's teachers, there's superintendents, um, the AG's office has representatives, and sometimes Leslie Rutledge herself. Um, it has the heads of the Department of Education, emergency management, and even more people than that. And I think it's wanted to have as much as of a diverse look at how to address some of these issues as possible. And of course, just to remind uh, our audience, the Parkland shooting happened in February 2018. 
at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. 17 people were killed during that shooting. So fast forward again to a few months ago, 2022 May, with what happened in Uvalde. Six weeks of meetings. What has taken place during these meetings? There have been students, teachers coming, experts. Uh, What were some of the most striking moments to you? I would say a lot of some of the most striking moments came from when they listened to the students that spoke at the event. They had students that were from Jonesboro, from Little Rock, from I think it was Desert, and they each had their own view. Little Rock School District in Jonesboro had a little bit more money, so they had a lot of more SROs on campus and I guess had more of the resources, while the smaller schools had a more realistic view, I guess, of what could be done in Arkansas for a lot of the smaller schools that are in the state. Some of these only have one SRO for the entire school district. And so they were talking about sort of how their counselors can't keep up with the demand students have nowadays for their mental health, or there's there's only so much one SRO can do at like by himself to cover entire multiple campuses and things like that. Right. And Jonesboro, Again, uh, in 1998 at West Side Middle School, there was a school shooting there. There were four students who were fatally shot and a teacher as well. So I think it's interesting with the rural school districts, Uvalde was a fairly rural school. So I think it's interesting in a rural area of Texas. I think it's interesting they got feedback from, from rural districts here. Why now do you think there was the release of this interim report? In particular, because we're coming up on the start of school on August 22nd, Monday, August 22nd. You and I are talking today on August 3rd. What do you think can happen between now and then in terms of what's in this report that was released yesterday? I believe mostly they did this interim report to kind of give superintendents and teachers a little bit of a heads up of some of the recommendations they wanted to complete and allow them to either get ready for this in this semester, or if there's some that are like a quick turnaround they can make happen now. One of the recommendations was having an armed presence on campus at all times. For school districts that might already have SROs or armed teachers, this is just telling them, just keep them there. There's also measures of like keeping the doors locked at all times, classroom doors and outside doors. Technically, right now, the state law does not allow you to do that because it's fire code, but it allows schools now to be able to just kind of off the record, I guess, have their doors locked before the school semester starts. And is my understanding correctly that it's locked also from the inside as well? Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, that just sounds like there are some inherent risks with that. But have those been discussed in terms of, yes, fire code? and It's been a topic of like, if how do we, if the shooter does get in, does he now have the ability to lock himself in with the students? There's been a lot of different ways of like having to approach this. And I think the committee has reached a point where they feel the risk with the fire is worth it to avoid the risk of the shooting. Sure. So the next couple of weeks, schools can deal with the locking situation. School resource officers or SROs, do all schools in Arkansas have those right now? Uh, There's gone to a large 
majority of them have SROs, but there is a chunk of them that don't. And it's just mostly schools can't afford some of these SROs. It's a yearly contract you have to have with the police department. And it comes also from if the police department or sheriff's office for some of these schools is even big enough to allow one of their officers just to work full time. And so some of the solutions the committee has been putting out there is allowing teachers to go through the training and arm themselves. And that training involves going through sort of kind of a law enforcement training that's kind of known as alert that's based out of Texas that kind of teaches them ways to approach an armed suspect and things like that. So do you get the sense that the school districts that cannot afford this SRO, they're going to have teachers on campus now by the start of school who are carrying weapons and sort of filling in this role? Yeah, they, it's one of the things they've called a hybrid theory. It's where you could either have SRO along with the teachers that are armed or just have a completely armed campus with the teachers. Some schools have approached it with the mixture and others. I think it's Clarksville has been known for having their campus just be armed teachers. They take pride in that and let people know about that beforehand. So you could either have that known to the public or not. It just kind of depends on the school district. You brought up that some of the students who came before this committee talked about or wanted to talk about the issue of gun legislation and gun control, but that really was not under the purview of of the safety committee. Is that correct? Yes. Under the governor's proclamation, he's focused them on mental health and school safety. And from what I asked Dr. Cheryl May, she said she has not been given the authority by the governor to even touch the subject of gun control. Switching to the mental health component, another to me, big takeaway from the interim report was this notion that the state or schools should provide mental health counseling either via telehealth or face-to-face for every student. Uh, This also seems like a stretch or something that's going to be hard to do, particularly as you've stated in the more rural areas. What do you know about how this might possibly pan out? Well, actually, I've been kind of working on a story about this, but for me talking to mental health professionals, there's just not enough of them to go around for all these schools. There needs to be specific licensing to use to be able to kind of talk to students. And there's not there's such a high demand for them that is kind of be stretching the group thin. They're hoping with additional federal funding coming from the government for their school safety bill, that they might be able to attract more people into the field. But right now they're dealing with an employee shortage, just kind of like the rest of the country is. Sure. I mean, um, therapists even here in Little Rock are completely booked for, for months and not taking new patients. So definitely that seems like it could be a challenge uh, to accomplish. What about cybersecurity? That's mentioned. As we know, a lot of these school shooters show signs on the internet before any place else. How is the school district or the state going to handle that? Is there any indication of that so far? So the Safety Commission has a law enforcement subcommittee, and they've been giving out several ideas around the subject. One is that the law enforcement agencies create their own intelligence task force, whose sole responsibility is to go through social media and 
try to find things that might be threatening signs for students. This could be for students, for people outside that, for just a regular day employees, just someone who sees when there's a threat to mark that down and try to figure out a way to do a follow up. And another thing that they were kind of talking about, which I didn't see in the recommendations that I found interesting, was that law enforcement wants to start having more in-depth discussions with gun makers and gun um, distributors about sort of telling them when they start making weird sales of like too much ammo or too many guns at the one singular time. Sure. You brought up yesterday and during the, the governor's press conference, the idea of having a kind of hotline that maybe initially this was going to be via school district or per school district, but it's maybe expanded to a statewide thing. What's going on with that? So from the ideas, this is one of Dr. May's like personal things she said before even the safety commission started was that a lot of these situations might be prevented if like the students had an outlet to report some of the things that they see. The issue is one, like we said previously, so a lot of these school districts can't afford to make their own anonymous reporting system. And two, if everyone has like a different system, it's hard to kind of be able to mainstream this. Like one police department may get it, but like the sheriff's department doesn't hear about it. So they're hoping to be able to create one statewide call-in system that has a group that oversees it so they can get that information out and then put it to all the local authorities or local teachers or superintendents that might need to hear about it. The problem is that I don't know if they can make that quick of a turnaround before school starts. So this might be one of those things that they have to continue to work on before the final report is due in October. We'll be right back with more Capital and Scott. Hi, this is Laura Farrar. The stories we dive into on Capitol and Scott are just a fraction of the reporting the Democrat Gazette brings to readers every day. If you'd like to support our commitment to bringing you the latest in Arkansas news, sports, and entertainment, consider subscribing to the Democrat Gazette. With your subscription, you'll get a digital edition of the newspaper every morning, along with the latest news and updates delivered to you on an iPad provided at no extra cost. For just $34 a month, you'll get the same award-winning journalism you've come to expect from the Democrat Gazette, plus exclusive photo galleries, videos, articles, and digital extras like this podcast, all in the palm of your hand. To sign up today, call 1-800-482-1121 or visit us online at arkansasonline.com forward slash subscribe. Welcome back to Capital and Scott. Did anything come up related to, I guess, parents' concerns and communication with parents? As, as we all saw after what happened in Texas, this horrific scene of parents just trying to get into the building because law enforcement basically was not doing what it should have done. How Anything changing with just how parents can be informed about a situation like this or parental concerns at all? They are planning to have parents here in the next couple of weeks come speak to the safety commission about sort of the concerns and sort of what they want to see on the safety side. There has been some kind of like outside words or like people on the commission saying as a parent, but there really hasn't been much parent input just yet. And I think Dr. May has noticed that and she wants to try to correct that as soon as possible. So uh, another 
again, big announcement was $50 million worth of grants, but it has to be approved by the legislature, which could happen as soon as next week during a special session that is going to be occurring. At this point, does that seem like enough money? And is there a plan in terms of how that should be disseminated or or used? Well, uh, even Secretary Johnny Key, head of the school and Department of Education, said this is not enough money to meet all the needs of all the schools. It's just going to be used to kind of address one specific need for a school. For example, one school might not have the money to do the electronic door locks. And so this could be something they could use to address that immediately. Or if like they need cameras, they can use that to address that immediately. But the rest of the recommendations, it's not near enough money. It's unclear to me. I'm looking at this uh, news release from the governor's office, and there's quite a few bullet points of, um, I guess, I guess their recommendations. Are, are are they all recommendations, or are these re- some of these requirements? So it's kind of a a weird lane. The safety commission kind of involves. They can only recommend pretty much to these schools. It's up to the legislators to make them mandates or laws. And so in the past, in the 2018 report, a lot of those recommendations that came from the Safety Commission eventually became laws based off what they came to before the legislators. I think the only one that they're really seeming to emphasize as a mandate coming from the Safety Commission is having that armed presence on campus at all times. Do you think that when they compared the 2018 report to what they are working on and released yesterday, were there any like glaring holes where there have been lessons learned that are, are being plugged right now? And that may seem obvious, but any indication of where just the system could have failed here? I think what one thing they've been really stressing is the chain of command and law enforcement. In Uvalde, that seemed to be one of the specific things that caused a lot of the chaos was that officers were showing up on the scene and just kind of doing their own thing. There was a lot of like non-direction, people waiting in hallways, no one had really took charge. So with this commission, they want one of the recommendations, recommendations they've been talking about is having all law enforcement across the state under one training program. And so that when officers do respond to assist, they know how to, the protocol works. And that protocol is to neutralize a threat as quickly as possible. Everything else is secondary. Sure. And in the clip that we heard at the beginning of our discussion today, Dr. May said the responsibility is state, you know, local, school, school, a, la- a multi-layered approach, and then responsibility is sort of multi-layered too. I'm curious, going back to that rural district issue, did you get a sense that any administrators were concerned that it's just too much responsibility for them to have to take all of this lengthy list of, of recommendations on at this point? That has been a concern a lot in the Safety Commission is that these are a lot of recommendations that maybe some schools are just going to put on the shelf and say, this doesn't apply to us. We can't make this happen. And so that's one of the reasons why they've been suggesting that the Department of Education make sort of their own 
safety commission that kind of walks around to these schools and kind of tells them like here's some resources for you guys some federal or some local government resources here's some grants to help you address these safety concerns and they've really been putting a lot of emphasis on moving outside of the school district trying to find people like parents who might be willing to join a behavioral threat assessment team or local counselors who might be able to give more insight or local police officers someone else that can like help carry some of the burdens so this is not all completely on the school district and its teachers. Was there anything that was discussed that was not in this report or that you found surprising that was not in here as a recommendation? I would say the two law enforcement ones, the one where they were talking to gun manufacturers and gun dealers and having a unified training regimen. Those seem to be two things that they're still trying to work through. And I guess until they get to that point, they maybe just don't want that open to the public, especially which I know when people hear the words law enforcement working together with gun manufacturers and gun dealers, that's probably going to cause a little bit of hesitancy around the state. So I'm curious to see if that continues to be moved forward or if that was just a one and done kind of discussion. What about teachers? I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, there was sort of a call for more school safety drills, perhaps, or just increased, I don't know, training with students? That I might have read that wrong, but was there any concern from, from teachers about detracting from just the fact that they're teaching? <laughs> that has been one of the, I guess, an ongoing issue for several years. It's sort of, where do you draw the line where it's no longer a school, you're pretty much making like a CIA building? <laughs> and I think the safety commission has said multiple times that sometimes you've got to just weigh that risk and it's worth it. I think even yesterday they were talking about having metal detectors or things like that, making it seem like students are not in a school, they're more like going into a jail. And Governor Hutchinson said that students are quick to adjust pretty much once they see some of these things over time and then it stops becoming something that's odd. But I think for the first initial couple of classes, this might be something that makes things strange. Sure. I mean, ostensibly, on paper, it looks like schools are becoming armed, almost like prisons where the <laughs> students are on the inside and, you know, the bad guys are sort of locked out on the outside. Revert, weird sort of reverse situation. So the next report, the, I guess the final report is due in October. What do we expect maybe that would be different in it from what we've already seen this week? I would assume they would have more of a clear direction of like what Pacific training programs, what Pacific systems they want to use. Right now, a lot of these recommendations are kind of a nebulous idea. People say, use electronic locks, but what kind of electronic locks? Use a training program, what Pacific kind of training program? But when the final report comes out, it will probably go more into detail on what they specifically want, especially with the legislators having an input in the next week or so. I'm pretty sure their ideas will be probably reflected in the recommendations finally. Sure. So we might get more of an idea of what might be codified into law in upcoming legislative sessions. But again, to reiterate, for now, what we know for any parents, teachers or students perhaps listening the, the things that are concrete are going to be just more doors being locked and then a school resource officer or someone on campus that has a gun. Yes. The things that are 
that could be done in a span of like a week and a half is the things they want done with these recommendations. And that are the small things like having an armed presence on campus at all times. Sure. Um, any other major, major takeaways that I've missed? Uh, I don't think so. All right. Good job. <laughs> Great. Well, we will follow up with you uh, when the final report is out. And obviously, this is a hugely important issue to so many people. So, Stephen, thank you so much. Thank you. The deadline for the Arkansas School Safety Commission's final report is October 1st. Capital and Scott is co-produced and edited by Nick Popowich and me, your host, Laura Farrar. If you have any ideas for the show or any feedback, you can reach us by clicking on the link in the description of Capital and Scott wherever you listen to your podcast. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week.